need responsible gun ownership. Responsible gun ownership. We need background checks. We need to raise the minimum age to purchase an AR-15 rifle to 21. We need a waiting period for those rifles. We need red flag laws and consequences for those who abuse them. These are reasonable, practical, tactical regulations. Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and wrong. Yes, you're listening to Synchronon. The Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, E. Simon. Hello, I'm Kate Rambo. What's cracking there, Kate Rambo? You know, same old, same old. What's what's going on with you, D Simon? Well, you know, you're lucky that you don't have to drive, and you're lucky that you don't live in a country filled with crazies who are armed to the teeth. It is I feel a screed is coming my way about something that's happened. Well, today I was uh, on my way home from work, and. Uh, and I was trying to get home. I mean, you know, it sucks having to go back in the office. And I don't have to go in all that often. I think they're asking like twice a week. So most people are hybrid at my work. There's a few people that over fucking achievers that go in every day. But I think they expect you to go in like twice a week. They're not pulling like an Elon Musk saying like 40 hours a week. So anyway, I usually go in on uh, Wednesdays and uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Uh, but definitely Wednesdays. Um, so anyway, I was like, going to work, fucking sucks, takes about 30 minutes to get there, and on the way home, it usually takes a little bit longer, just because it was just a lot of traffic, traffic. and I'm coming back from Burbank into Hollywood, and I always go the same route, so I don't usually bother using one of the navigation apps, I'm just kind of like, fuck it, I know where I'm going, um, and so anyway, I'm driving back, get off, on Highland, and so I usually cut up Hollywood and Highland, or go up to Franklin, uh, people in L.A. will know what I mean, because L.A. people always talk about street names, even though <laughs> people that don't live in L.A. are like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, everyone in Britain's just like, shut up now, dude. Hollywood and Highland's kind of like right in the middle of Hollywood, like the whole Walk of Fame and all that. It's a very central location. Um, but I usually either cut over there to get, to get home, because I live in West Hollywood, or cut up Franklin, which is right before that major intersection. Anyway, I pull off. And it's like I'm by the Hollywood Bowl, which isn't even close to that intersection. And it's just bumper to bumper gridlock traffic. You're pulling off at the bowl, are you? Yeah, well, I usually drive by the bowl. And so I was like, what the fuck? And there's nowhere to go. Every street was blocked. I had to like cut over to another street to cut over to a street, then cut in front of a bunch of people to get off at Vine, completely blocked up. So like that whole area was fucked. And so at was that everyone point, getting angry as well? Was everyone oh, just like hammering the like a, the when I cut on. when I cut across three lanes, I was getting like the finger. People were like people were trying to block me off in their cars that are way better than my car. <laughs> so I'm just like, fuck you. I drive a fucking 2007 Prius. Yeah, sure. Try to block me off with your fucking three hundred thousand dollar fucking uh, Tesla. But anyway, I was like. You know how when, when you're in traffic, you'll know this when you learn to drive. When you're in traffic like that and you're sitting there for fucking, you know, hours, you're like, there better be someone dead. 
Because if well, this yeah, is just I want to see construction, a burning wreck or something. I Jane, Jane Mansfield's head on the side of the road. Exactly. Definitely. You want to see a severed head. And that's the thing, because if it's just construction, uh, I'll go buy a firearm and start, uh, start a mass shooting. So oh, anyway, I was just the like, American route, yeah. yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? It took me about an hour, I don't know, 20 minutes to get home. And I finally got home. And I did a search. I'm like, traffic Hollywood. Well, of course, LAPD officers shoot a burglary suspect in Hollywood after a foot chase right there at Highland and Franklin. What was he stealing? A titty mug from one of the souvenir shops. Yeah, like a, a tit mug. Yeah, I don't, you know, or yeah, one of those like replica Oscar statues. Yeah, I don't know. I was just like, what the fuck? And so I looked it up and it turns out that a uh, um, patrol units responded around four to a, a burglary in, in progress by Paramount Studios. Um, just kind of that area over there. And so yeah. officers set up a perimeter. They found two suspects. They caught the, 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 the first two, but the third one was at large. And so witnesses saw this guy in his late, that was in his late 20s around that uh, Highland and uh, Hollywood area. And so a uh, foot chase ended up happening. He was up at uh, Franklin Highland. And during the foot chase, the guy pulls out a gun and starts shooting at the cops. So they just, Holy shit. they didn't take him out. They just injured him. And the guy still kept on running, tried to carjack a motorist, but this wasn't like successful. GTA. Yeah, totally. Well, but wasn't successful and he was taken into custody. But I was just what's like, the, what, what the fuck? What's the bet that all the tourists there, instead of looking at like Dennis Rodman, I think we saw Dennis Rodman when we were there. No, we saw him. Who's the other one? Well, the guy's cosplaying. Michael Jordan. Like Michael Jordan. Yeah, we saw yeah. all the cosplayers. Batman. But, uh, I would have been watching that going, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen on Hollywood. And like applauding the guy and being like, this is so fucking realistic. Well, my favorite thing is how the cops just are like, well, fuck it. Let's just shoot into a crowd at the guy. Yeah. <laughs> Let's shoot into a crowd of tourists. I mean, people take their kids down Hollywood. I have no idea why. It's fucking sleazy and disgusting. I mean, this people guy was running away down. from Hollywood Boulevard, but still. But anyway, no, I was just kind of like. Run it, towards it, it, them. It did feel gratifying to know, okay, at least some, there was a reason why traffic was like gridlocked because <laughs> there's another shooting in the United States. So it made me think, you know, the whole time I was just like, you're about to move to this country. Are you at all concerned that there's a mass shooting probably 10 times a week? In you the, know what? In this I country? was. I was aware of it. I remember when we were at Cruel World, I was just a bit like, I was stoned. I was looking around. I was just like, because I, I don't know what to do. I was like, if somebody shot off a gun right now, because I've never heard a gun in real life, like, how would you, I ever react? You duck. You get down. I might not, though. <laughs> I might just be like, what the fuck is that? Because I don't know what a gun is. You hide I don't know behind what it a tree. Like. You grab a child a as a human I'd shield. I grab a child. <laughs> and I was stoned in World Foods one day. Uh, buying a slice of pie and whole foods I was, whole foods world foods and i just thought shit like if somebody came in here with a gun and started shooting i would probably just be one of the first to die because i wouldn't believe it was real because i'm not i'm not used to it i'm not raised in that type i'm raised in a like a loyal caring environment that is europe i mean i understand that i think uh you know officer involved shootings and mass shootings in general probably rarely happen in england but I think instinct kicks in when you're in that situation. You just kind of get down and try to hide. My instinct's probably 
probably is like, what the fuck? Instead of hiding. Mine would just be like, oh, shit. Oh, fuck, dead. But chances are you might be involved in one. You know, according Stop to the gun. That. Well, I'm just saying, according to the Gun Violence Archive, in 2022, is this year, the U.S. has experienced 246 mass shootings, 27 of those school shootings. School shootings aren't even the most common. They're low down the list. You're more well, likely to get shot I mean, in your workplace. It's a fraction of the 246. Even today, it was reported that a man uh, uh, fatally shot three of his fellow workers at a rural Maryland manufacturing facility before oh, being injured in exchange of gunfire with, with state troopers. Wow. And then, you know, over the past two months, uh, the racist attack in Buffalo, New York, at the supermarket, yeah. guy wearing body armor with assault rifles. Uh, Ten days later, gunman targeted a fourth grade class at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas, killing 21 children and, yeah. and uh, teachers and injuring 17. Um, deadliest shoot, school shooting in America since Sandy Hook. Um, and then you, you had uh, uh, 14 people shot. Uh, near a nightclub in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, 14 people shot in an entertainment district in Philly. Eight people shot at a graduation party in Somerton, South Carolina. And this is all in the span of like a week. Yeah, keep it all on that <laughs> side, though. I'm moving to California. <laughs> like, keep it all on the other side. It's fine. Gun Violence Archive uh, defines a mass shooting. And this is what I think. They take a lot of leeway here. Uh, they define a mass shooting as an incident in which four or more people are shot or killed, shot and killed. Shot or I would killed. agree with four or more. Four? Be, That's not that yeah, many. Yeah, I mean, three is kind of a handful of people, but four is like when it starts to get into the big boy numbers. Mass yeah. implies crowds. I would say that's a group shooting. No, because it's they change the rules a lot, but a serial killer is anyone who kills three or more. Like four, think of like how many lives four people's lives will affect. And how many families are there? Four's about right. I just think a mass shooting should be 10 or more, personally. When does it become a genocide? Because that's the numbers well, that that's, I would go That's when you're the targeting a, per, per, you know, a particular ethnic uh, group. Um, yeah. And, and that's not like four people. It's usually a lot more. But that's the thing. Mass shootings happen in the U.S. with depressing regularity, if you think about it. I mean, it's it's... They're almost routine now. We're so desensitized. We're like, oh, there's there was another one. Oh, this was bad. It involved children. You know, I, I'm surprised if we have less than like five in a week. If there's less than five in a week, I'm like, what's going on, America? Yeah, you know, we're, we're you know, and they all kind of blend together. Like, I was, you know, there's a lot of messages I was reading, you know, on Twitter that uh, I forget who posted it, but they were saying that mass shootings had resumed under Joe Biden. You know, after they completely disappeared under uh, Republican President, you know, Donald Trump. Well, that's like, a fucking lie. Seriously? You know what? Uh, do you guys, did you guys forget about the deadliest mass shooting in modern U.S. history that occurred October 2017 during Trump's tenure? Gunman shot and killed nearly 60 people at that country music festival in Vegas. Did you guys forget about that? And Pulse Nightclub, which was a massacre. That was Obama. Oh, was it? Yeah. Is it that but, long ago now? That feels like yesterday, mate. Oh, Sandy Hook and Pulse uh, was under Obama. But, it, but you know, there's Sandy. mass shootings almost under every president. I mean, mass shootings have plagued this country for decades. There's, there's nothing new about mass shootings or, ma you know, um, yeah. school massacres. Violent crime has existed in this country for a very long time. You know, and, in fact, it's 
mass shootings are on record for having occurred uh, even before the turn of the 20th century. I was reading that uh, March 28th, 18, 1891, a man with a double-barrel shotgun fired upon a crowd of students and faculty attending a school exhibition uh, in Liberty, Mississippi. Wounded mostly kids, um, didn't kill anybody. Um, I, they didn't have uh, you know semi-automatic AR-15s back then. Yeah, I'm imagining it's one of those old muskets, muskets. where he he's has to like, like put, yeah, put the ammunition down, <laughs> and he's like, "Hunker down, children, ye oldie children, bang bang." That <laughs> incident in Liberty, Mississippi, is perhaps one of the earliest reported school mass shootings in the country. Uh, but the second mass shooting in this country happened a month after the Liberty, Mississippi shootings. April 9th, 1891, James Foster went into a uh, parochial school in New York and opened fire on kids. So, you know, it's, it's funny when people are just like, oh, you know, it's gotten really bad. Sure, it's definitely, uh, you know, there's a lot more people now, a lot more access to much more powerful firearms now, um, but mass shootings aren't any, anything new. People have been violence, people have been killed in violent crimes in this country for decades. So this week we're going to cover the Bath School Massacre, uh, which was a series of violent attacks uh, that happened in Bath Township, Michigan. Uh, the attacks killed quite a few kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, quite a few kids uh, and adults and injured um, over 50 people. But before we get into all that... I just want to say thank you to all the people supporting us on uh, Patreon. We do appreciate it. And, uh, you know, it kind of it kind of makes my day when I see that we get a new patron. I think it's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. some, I forget the guy that uh, sent us, what's his name, Tim, that sent us a note this week? Oh, yeah, thanks, Tim. That was a great was little it message. Tim? It was a guy called Tim. Yeah, he sent us a note saying, like, hey, I just joined up on Patreon, you know, felt bad that I wasn't on it. It's like, I'm, we're not trying to guilt trip you, but it's kind of cool. You know, check it out to get some more content. Um, but we do appreciate you guys supporting the show. Keeps us uh, keeping it sick and wrong. That's kind of what we do. Here's a quick Patreon promo, and then we'll get into the story behind the worst school shooting in U.S. history. Hey, Sick and Wrong listeners. If you're not currently a Sick and Wrong patron, you might be missing out on special moments like this one. Well, then she should, it should all be tickety boo, as the uh, Brits say by then. Like I can un- tickety boo. It's like a Mary Poppins thing. Right. It's all tickety boo. Tickety boo. Yeah, it should be tickety boo because your hormones are totally at a natural level by that point. Uh, I could understand like it tasting like tinier, like you know, like a bit I more mean, metallic just it. before your period. I wasn't tasting it. And yeah, when Joe smelled it, he made a tickety boo in his pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait. so I think my initial. <laughs> Initial... Did you recoil? Like, did your head like snap back? Nah, I think my initial thought was like, huh, well, some are a little bit stronger than others. For only $5 a month, you can enjoy these special moments. A bonus news story, extra phone calls, and an hour's worth of outtakes every week at patreon.com slash sickandwrong. Sign up today, support the show, and keep it sick and wrong. But don't you ever... Well, Dee, if I say the names, well, let me try and say this name. Uh, Shung Hung Choi, Adam Lanza, Kip Kinkle, or uh, Salvador Ramos. You may not recognize them. You might remember them, but if I say the words Virginia Tech, Sandy Hook, first in high school, and now the Rob Elementary School in uh, Uvalde, then you immediately know what it is. It's school shootings. Yeah. Like, well, as yeah. soon as you say school, 
or high school. Yeah, <laughs> at oh, Columbine. So you just fucking know it's been a massacre. So school shootings, like we were saying, it's not a new or a modern thing. In fact, the earliest known school shooting in America happened in Greencastle, Pennsylvania, on July the 26th, 1764. Wow. I know, with the Enoch Brown School Massacre. And this happened during the Pontiac's War. I don't know what that is. When four Lenape, Lenape American Indians entered the schoolhouse, they shot and killed the schoolmaster, and then they massacred the children inside with melee weapons. They scalped them. Yeah. Well, you know, they kind of get a pass for what we were doing to them at the time. That's what I think. Yeah. School shootings Tit for have tat. now... Re- yeah, they've now returned to pre-COVID levels, and by some accounts, they have even increased. However, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security research shows that if we know the signs of gun violence, we can prevent it and reverse the trend. Even though an estimated 4.6 million American children live in a home where at least one gun is kept loaded and unlocked. It's big brains times here. These improperly stored weapons have contributed to school shootings, suicides, and the deaths of family members, including infants and toddlers. What was that? Uh, do you remember that couple, those parents, those, those uh, amazing parents in Michigan that like just gave their kid an assault rifle for his birthday? How old is he? Like nine? No, I think he was like 17 or 18. And then he went up and shot up the school. Oh, good for him. Yeah, I think it was like two years ago. But they all blend together. Happens all <laughs> the do. time. They do. And apart from that, I don't like Monday's chick. The perpetrators of these crimes are more often than not men. That isn't a shocking fact either. (laughs) Sociologists and science will tell you that 78.7% of homicide victims are men. And in 193 of the 202 listed countries or regions, men are more likely to be killed than women, meaning that men are more likely to be the victims and the cause of violent crimes. Yeah, how many female mass shooters have there been? Other than the I don't like Monday's chick. Um, I did look it up. It's very, very low. It's something like 3% of women are mass shooters. But women are more likely to do, like, are more, way more likely to kill infants. Like, if you have a child, it's yeah, crazy. Like, kids. 80% of mothers might kill their children compared to fathers. It's a cultural thing, in it? Ever since Eric and Dylan, and we will talk more about our two poster boys for teenage angst uh, soon. Now what seems to shock more is the body count and the weapons used. I thought this was kind of funny. Handguns are actually the most common used weapon in mass shootings with a total of 146 different handguns being used in 98 incidents between 1982 and June of 2022. Well, that kind of makes sense though. Easy to conceal. Yeah, but I, and- I, in my mind, I'm just like, it would be shock. Well, again, this shows my ignorance because I don't know anything about guns. I would be like a rocket launcher, like him falling down. <laughs> well, no, just that would be amazing out. if you could be like Rambo showing up with a rocket launcher. But a handgun makes sense, especially now when you get a cartridge with like, what, 18 bullets? How would you I You have like that? five cartridges, how- you're going to wipe out a lot of people. These figures, they've been calculated from a total of 129 reported cases over this period, meaning handguns are involved in about 76% of mass shootings. Since 1985, which is a great year, there's been a known total of 50 mass shootings involving rifles, mostly semi-automatics. This figure is unreported, though, as it kind of excludes the multiple semi-automatic and fully automatic rifles. So that, you know, like the type that we used in the Las Vegas massacre. Yeah, he had fully automatic rifles too, didn't he? 
he had an arsenal and he yeah. had so many bullets he could have holed up there for days, but he took the coward's way out. And he had a vantage point. I think that's the difference because a lot of these guys that just kind of show up in a school, like the guy in, uh, in Buffalo, sure, he had body armor on and he showed up with like an AR-15, but really, how many people could you take out before you get taken out? Whereas this guy, you know, was like a sniper, you know, up, like, you know, what, 20 stories up at, at Mandalay Bay, just picking people off. The next time we go to Vegas, we do have to make our way down the strip to Mandalay Bay. So I want my picture taken outside in the room. room. She can't stay in his room anymore. You're going to wear the Helter Skelter shirt? Yeah. And people <laughs> will say that I'm defacing the dead. Just I heart country music. Hey, I do heart country music. Bless you, Waylon. It's nearly his birthday. Semi-automatic rifles. They're featured actually in four of the five deadliest smash shootings. So that was the Orlando nightclub massacre, Sandy yeah. Hook massacre, the Texas First Baptist Church massacre, and now most recently in the Rob Elementary shootings, which takes its place as the third deadliest um, school shooting in America. How did Ramos end up getting his hands on an assault rifle like that? Was it a gift he, also from his parents? No, he bought it on like, oh, he his 18th bought birthday. It. Yeah, because wow. you can when you turn yeah. 18 buy an automatic rifle in America. Oh, I thought he was younger than 18. Okay, so he just went out and bought it legally. He did. Who needs a background check? Since Columbine, which happened on Hitler's birthday, there's no coincidence, on mm -hmm. the April, April 20th, 1999, more than 300,000 students have been on campus during a school shooting. But D, I'm not here to soapbox. School shootings are as American as apple pie, fireworks on the 4th of July getting diddled by your uncle at the family picnic. Part of the American lexicon, they're part of freedom in a country full of two million used car salesmen with the money to buy guns and no qualms about killing anybody else in the world who tries to make them uncomfortable. America. What I am suggesting is that these maladjusted, maladjusted young males who don't have hobbies beside reading tripe on the internet and going to gun conventions is they should do some real research because it doesn't take much digging to find out that Virginia Tech wasn't even the worst school massacre that took place on, on American soil. 25 students died that day with five faculty members as well. That's small fry compared to what occurred in the Bath School Massacre, where 38 children and six adults would meet their maker and ultimately, in the end, inspire Eric and Dylan too. The Bath Consolidated School, which is just outside of East Lansing, Michigan, which is about an hour away from where you lived. About an hour and a half. East Lansing's like an hour and a half from uh, Bay City. Yeah. Michigan State is, a, is in uh, East Lansing. Was holding final exams before the morning bell rang on the morning of May 18th. Children ran outside to play uh, British Bulldog, my favorite primary school game. Or push the Jew down the well. I'm sure that you've played that. School. My favorite primary school game. <laughs> They're all laughing in the gay springtime morning. Little did their young minds, as the rest of ours, fancy their destiny was at hand. Perhaps in half an hour they would rest in eternity with their playmates. So wrote a 15 year old student named Martha Hintz later in an essay. Bath itself, small township, there's only about 2,000 people living there. And at the time, the school only had 236 pupils ranging from grade one through to 12. One of the residents of Bath was a farmer who lived just outside of town. His name is Andrew Philip Kehoe. He was a native of, I'm gonna say this wrong, so you'll probably have to tell me, uh, Te Temushia? 
Tecumseh? That's, that's not even, you're not even trying to say it phonetically. It's Tecumseh. Tec- oh, Tecumseh. Yeah. Tecumseh. <laughs> yeah, I know it's got cum in it. Tecumseh. <laughs> you're, you're like saying it, Tecumseh. Like, <laughs> is that like the French pronunciation? <laughs> I'm saying it the French way. Tecumseh. <laughs> like, Can you show me the way to Tecumseh? <laughs> All right, so he's from, he's a native of Cumstown, Michigan. <laughs> uh, born February the 1st, he's an airy airhead and Aquarius. Kehoe is as Irish as they come. And to prove this, Andrew was one of 13 children. He did really fucking well in school. And he went to Michigan State University where he studied electrical engineering. Some, there's some foreshadowing there. <laughs> and at uni is also where he met his future wife, Ellen Nellie Price, who was from a rather well-to-do family, being the daughter of a wealthy Lansing family. Ooh, they're posh. She was posh. Well, he kind of wasn't. Posh. I don't think it counts. He married into money. They moved to St. Louis, and there he worked as an electrician for several years. At some point in those years, he actually fell off a ladder. He suffered a head, head injury, and it was reported that he was semi-conscious and drifting in and out of a coma for several weeks. So head injury, there's some foreshadowing. Oh, there you go. That explains a lot. It's going to. To recover, he went back to his father's farm. His father had been widowed at this point, and he had remarried a stern woman called Frances Wilder. Andrew did not have Pornhub feelings towards his new stepmama. Yeah, stepmothers weren't hot back then. No, they weren't, were they? They were like Disney ugly witch-like creatures. I I would say stepmothers weren't even that hot when I was a kid. They didn't become hot until the 90s. I still don't think stepmothers are hot now. I'm not into stepmother porn. Like, no, or stepsister. It's not for me. Don't tell tell Brian Keeley that. She's like America's favorite stepmom. Oh, fuck it. Make all the money you want, Ryan Keeley. I'm not jerking off to you. But if you can make others <laughs> jerk off to you and make fucking tons of money, you do that. Frances would be severely burned when a stove she was attempting to light actually exploded. Andrew was there at the time, and he just, like, casually threw water on his burning stepmother. But because the stove was oil-based, the water actually, you know, made the flames worse, <laughs> caused it's it napalm. to be worse. Yeah, Frances later died from her injuries and whispers went around town that the stove had been tampered with to explode in such a way. Ooh, the scandal. next year, this shows you how, how long Andrew was living with his parents. When Andrew was 40, he finally stopped pussy teasing Nellie and they got married and they moved to run their own 185 acre farm outside of Bath. Now I'm a rural person, like I live in the countryside. I don't know how much an acre is, but I know 185 is a big number to me, so I'm pretty sure this is a huge fucking farm. Yeah, that's a that's a large farm. I'm surprised. Nelly came from money. So yeah. why is Andrew living with his shitty stepmom and his dad in their poor house when he could be like, you know, getting up with these uh these these rich people and get a bit a big farm? I think Nelly, um, to put it, I just think Nelly was ugly and nobody wanted to marry her. Oh, it's, that's probably what it was. But... Uh, he got to this point where he's like, well, I've had a brain injury. I've got like no money. I may have murdered my stepmother. Yeah, I'll marry you now. He's, no, he's got nothing left to lose. Why not? Yeah. So they're living it. Also, I don't want any farmers to write in and tell me what an acre is. I'm sure I can Google it if I really cared, but I don't. They're living on this huge farm outside of Bath when neighbors said that Andrew was a, he was a great neighbor. Apparently he was very intelligent, always dependable. He would help his local community out like he's lending cups of sugar and all that small town bullshit. But Andrew did have a short temper. 
mm. some foreshadowing there. Short fuse, if you will. <laughs> he once shot a neighbor's dog. This like poor little pup pup came up onto his property and this dog annoyed him so much of his constant barking that he just shot him. I'm sure that's you and Caliban though. But you know, I wouldn't shoot Caliban, but there, there's no PETA back then. Like people could no. do whatever they want to animals. Oh, he also, and this is also another story that makes me dislike Andrew greatly. He also beat one of his own horses to death after it didn't perform its duties properly. So honestly, fuck this guy. What like, a dick. Beating How do you a horse, beat to, a death? horse to death. Well, you know, it makes me think of uh, was it the first Conan movie when Conan just clocked that camel? Yes. <laughs> but this guy doesn't seem as you know badass as Conan the Barbarian. I mean, I wonder if he like he must have used like a baseball bat or something. Well, yeah, or whatever. But I don't want to think about it because my heart is still broken up from Red Dead Redemption Two when my horse died, and I just can't imagine a horse dying. I don't ever want to think about it. They're like big dogs. Yeah, what a dick. Neighbors didn't put it down more to the, you know, the neighbors were kind of like lazy fair about it. Like they put it down to the fact he was more of an agricultural farmer than a livestock one. You know, accidents happen, Andrew. <laughs> he was also known to be a sharp dresser, but that meant he had the money and the means to change his clothes several times a day. Whereas, you know, most farmers are just in their plaid shirts. Yeah, I was about to say, it's kind of a rarity. It's like most of those guys are just wearing the same pair of overalls for what, like two weeks straight? Yeah. So he's fastidious. His neighbor, MJ Monty. I love the name Monty, and I wish there was more people called Monty. Monty Burns. Monty Burns. But this is an MJ Monty Ellsworth. He wrote, he never farmed it as other farmers do, and he tried to do everything with his tractor. He was in the height of glory when fixing machinery or tinkering. He was always trying new methods in his work. For instance, he hitched two mowers behind his tractor. This method did not work at different times, and he would just leave the hay standing. He also put four sections of drag and two rollers at once behind his tractor. He spent so much time tinkering that he didn't prosper. So this means that Andrew had the money and the means to buy equipment that he knew he would basically rip apart and experiment on and not care for in any way. It sounds like he really didn't know what he was doing as a farmer. Fuck no, he didn't. Yeah. He's just like, let's just get a lot of land. You know, everybody else has one. I'll just drive my cool tractor. He probably had a state-of-the-art tractor. He, he's rich, and the rest of these people aren't rich. So he's kind of showing off, I think, in a lot of ways. He's a very yep. arrogant man. Speaking of his money and his means, another thing that was noticed and known about Andrew Kehoe was that he was frugal as fuck, and he eventually became a trustee on the school board for around three years, and that advanced to him becoming the treasurer. His grudge-holding and cantankerous attitude, it didn't bode well for him, though, and he would often vote against the rest of the board, meaning he's voting against the townsfolk. He's not making any friends. He's making enemies. <laughs> he was at one point appointed to town clerk, but he lost the public election election because no one likes a fucking horse or a dog killer. Or a guy with a head injury. It's like, who's going to vote <laughs> for that guy? <laughs> yeah. And the rejection by the town angered him greatly. And Andrew is the type who holds a grudge. And eventually he ended up feuding with the township financial authorities. This is the simplest way of putting it. He wanted his property taxes lowered so that he might buy out the mortgage on the farm. The taxes were high at the, at the moment in the town because they were planning to expand the school. So making everyone in town pay more money so that they can make the school a better place. His wife's uncle actually held the mortgage on the farm 
And during these back and forths, back and forths with the township, the uncle died and Andrew had only like $300 left to pay off on the farm's debt. And now his farm and livelihood, they're headed for foreclosure. Well, yeah, I guess it depends on how much $300 uh, means and whatever. But I mean, 300 bucks, you'd think he could borrow it from a bank or something. His wife was rich. This is his wife's uncle. So this is the rich side of the family. But we'll get into maybe why they didn't have much money. Oh. Andrew was heard Cash to say, poor. if I can't live in that house, no one else will. He's so vengeful. Yeah. And th this is what set in motion Andrew's need for kind of murderous revenge. He stopped working the land on his farm at all. Local farmers thought that he was actually contemplating suicide, especially when he began giving away all his livestock and like equipment. In fact, it was later discovered that he had been girdling young trees, which is basically where you wrap something tight, usually like a metal cord around the trunk. It's effectively killing them. And it also means that the soil isn't going to promote new life either. So the land is becoming useless. I totally thought you meant something completely different. Like, was he putting Oy. girdles on these trees? <laughs> like, what, like giving them all spanks? Like, I don't understand <laughs> what was going on here. This story reminded me of the Harrison story. I'm sure you guys told it on the Patreon, but you were talking about, um, like, have you ever got revenge against a nemesis? And obviously Harrison had a lot of nemesis. <laughs> he told a story about he hated, like, a former landlord so much that he, and this landlord had an amazing, like, sunflower garden. And one night he just, like, walked into, like, this garden and he salted the earth. <laughs> He just salted the, the, yeah, you remember <laughs> with like that. rock salt. Yeah, I do kind of remember that. <laughs> Maybe think of Harrison. The rest of his equipment that he couldn't get rid of, he hoarded inside his tool shed. So you might wonder what Nellie thought about all of this. Well, she was inside. She's deeply ill with various lung ailments, which was also sucking up all of the finances. You know, I'm sure she was a smoker. Everyone smoked. Oh, yeah. In Michigan, everyone I smoked. They still allowed people to smoke. Actually, you know, you can't smoke in bars anymore. But I remember, like, after I moved out here, it was still probably, like, 2010. Because I think my father is still alive. It was, like, 2010. You could still smoke in bars in Michigan, 2010. It was the glory days. Yeah, the good old days. Andrew stopped paying all of his bills. He's basically going Looney Tunes. During this summer, he had free access to the school building that he once helped govern. Ida Hall, a fantastic name. He lived in a house next to the school. She saw activity around the building on different nights during the May. Early one morning after midnight, she saw a man carrying objects inside. She also saw vehicles around the building several times late at night. She's a lucky Lou, but she mentioned these events to her relatives but they never like reported them to police. Hmm. During Suspicious. that time, he began buying more than a ton of um, pyrotol. This is an incendiary explosive used by farmers for like excavation and burning uh, debris. Dynamite was also commonly used on farms. So his purchase of small amounts of explosive at different stores and on different days, it didn't raise any suspicions. Neighbors reported hearing explosions set off on the farm, with one actually nicknaming him the Dynamite Farmer, which is great. <laughs> what does that mean? Like, what's he going to be farming with dynamite? Well, you know, he'd be like, oh, I needed a hole so that I can, like, bury the bodies of some cows I've died. Yeah, the, the, the farmer with a head injury now has, like, a box full of dynamite. It's <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I feel bad for his neighbors. There was also reports that a ton of dynamite had been stolen from a construction site nearby but nobody thought the culprit was andrew 
In the December, Andrew bought a 30 caliber rifle and a crap ton of ammunition. This is foreshadowing. Who knows why he chose the day of May 18th to stage the deadliest school shooting in US history, but he did. Either on that morning or a few days before, he put his weak-lunged wife out of her misery. He murdered her in her sickbed, and then he wheeled her body in a wheelbarrow to the rear of the farm near a hog shoot. I didn't look up what a hog shoot was, but I do think it's a great new name for a pussy. Well, a big girl's pussy. So wait, put it in my hog shoot. How did he, <laughs> how did he murder the wife? Like with dynamite? He shot her. Oh, he shot her. Her body is gonna. Uh, when her body's found, it's scorched, it's burned, it's basically unrecognizable. Uh, but they knew it was her. I think it's in a dress, and her hands were tied. Well, he must have put some, like a stick of dynamite in her mouth or something. Oh, you'd stick it in her pussy, wouldn't you? In her, uh, yeah. In her in hog, her shoot. hog you'd shoot. Stick a bit of dynamite in her <laughs> just, hog shoot. Just shove it up the hog shoot. That's what JoJo does. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew had rigged his farm and his former home where no fucker else is going to live into one big incendiary device. He had wired homemade um, pyrotol firebombs all over the property. And at 8.45 a.m. on the morning of Wednesday the 18th, he detonated his bombs, completely flattening the buildings. Debris shot through the sky, ended up destroying neighboring farmers' buildings, neighbors, and volunteers. They all rushed to the scene. Where did he become a bomb specialist? He wasn't even in the army. Well, he's this an electrical engineer. Oh, and, yeah, he could yeah. have been on like the A team or something with these skills. It's actually not hard to learn how to make bombs once you get the kind of swing of it. It's not. It's not a difficult thing. Anyone can make a bomb. You've got a copy of the Anarchist Cookbook. You know how to make a bomb. I guess, but I've often heard that the uh, Anarchist Cookbook was sabotaged, and like, no, those recipes actually work. Or if they, or if they do work, you're going to harm yourself. Oh, you should try one outside. Outside. <laughs> outside, yeah. Yeah. O.H. Bush and several other men, they crawled through a broken window of the farmhouse um, to search for survivors. When they found no one in the house, they salvaged what furniture they could before the fire spread into the living room. And when you look at pictures of what was left after the fire, it's, it looks, does look like the Ukraine. There's nothing there. There's just like big holes in the ground. Uh, O.H. Bush, he discovered dynamite in the corner and he picked up an armful of explosives and he just handed it to one of the men who was searching. Wouldn't That's you be safe. like, don't hand that to me, <laughs> you madman. Put it down. Andrew, he sped off from the burning property in his Ford truck, the back of which he had loaded with metal shrapnel and more bombs and dynamite. And he stopped to tell those fighting the fire that they should maybe get to the school. And then he just drove off at breakneck speed. Wow, there's a hint. <laughs> there's some foreshadowing. At 8.45 a.m., an alarm clock sounded in the basement of the north wing of the school. The alarm clock was attached to explosives and to two hotshot batteries. When the alarm went off, the dynamite exploded, destroying the north wing. What's a hotshot battery? Again, I could have Googled it to look up, but in my mind, I just, in my mind, I imagined really massive Duracell batteries. Just Really huge Duracell batteries. I was like, just like a huge car battery. Like, I, I yeah. I guess that makes sense. A hot shot battery. It could be. Again, I don't want anyone to mansplain to me what a hot shot battery you is. You can mansplain to me. I, I kind of I don't feel like Googling it. <laughs> we began to. We began to run, screaming and crying in the same breath. Some running for the door, doors while others made for the windows, uh, said Hints the Ninth 
grader. We were talking about her before. Once outside, she recalled, from every direction, we could see people coming, some running at their utmost speed and others driving machines, both hoping and praying that their children or friends were not amongst the dead. Luckily or unluckily for Andrew, the 500 pounds of pyrotol that he had armed under the south wing of the school did not discharge because the battery lacked the needed strength to power the longer circuits that he had built, connecting them to the battery. So uh-huh. had, if that had gone off, the school would have been completely de- just gone. Yeah, and demolished. I think it's, died. You know, he would have blown out both wings of it. At this time, Andrew, who was driving to the school and no doubt heard and saw his bombs explode, he kind of waited 20 minutes for those who had been heading to his hut. Ha- to his harm to rush to the school. So he just drove around the block a couple of times. He had a bez about. The school at this point also resembled a war zone. First grade teacher Bernice Sterling said that the explosion was like an earthquake. The air seemed to be full of children and flying desks and bus and books. Children were tossed high in the air. Some were catapulted out the building. I actually read a, a survivor's report who said that the body parts of children were found in trees. Like for weeks after this, just completely obliterated. So kids, like the explosion went off. What I don't understand: did he have it like a timer or something set up? Like he knew exactly when it was going to go off. Yeah, it was an alarm clock, and he had his farm. I think his farm blew up just before the school blew up. Like it's all almost a distraction. Thirty seconds. So he had like yeah, it was a distraction. But I mean, I wonder why he was telling people, "Well, you better get to the school." Maybe he to wants see the to, show. He wants a mass body count. Yeah. He wants that as well. He wants a show and he wants everyone in town to die. The north wing of the school had collapsed and that left the edge of the roof on the ground. There was a pile of children, about five or six, that were trapped under the roof, some dead, some alive. Monty Ellsworth, here he is again, the man with the greatest name ever. He wrote that there were sites that I hope no one will ever have to look at again. Children would be brought out, some with legs dropping, some with arms broken and and hanging. Some would be moaning and others would be still. When carrying them, you would know that they would never answer their mother's call again. Ooh, that's dark. Monty was also one of the last people to see Andrew alive. He was driving back to his own farm because he was going to get some rope needed to pull the school roof off to free the trap children underneath what that's some chutzpah oh wait monty was going to get some rope yeah monty was driving back to his own farm to get rope and while he was driving back he saw andrew driving in from the south towards the school andrew saw him he grinned waved his hand cheerio monty said when he grinned i could see both rows of teeth but it was easy to see andrew's teeth because all of his top teeth were all gold what? So he had a gold grill? He had a grill. Wow, what a player. This guy. Yeah. The man with the, the rose dynamite gold farmer with the golden grill. And it, yeah, he really needed his taxes lowered because he couldn't pay his taxes. But the richest I, man in town. I, did people actually do that? Like in uh I, we yeah, they, they actually walked around with go- farmers walked around with gold grills. No. There was a, I read a, another quote by somebody who said that they just all the farmers in town just distrusted him because of like how often he changes shirt, his teeth. They just knew he wasn't one of them because he's well, rich. Yeah, seeing the guy flashing a gold grill, I'd be like, what, "What's going on here? You a trap rapper? Like this is weird." Doesn't it make for a great film though? This like bomb making dynamite farmer with the grill. 
I'm thinking Russell Crowe with the gold grill. Andrew Kehoe is actually blonde. Oh, he's blonde. He's a blondie. Yeah. Shit. Um, so. Maybe Skarsgård? Skarsgård could work, and he's also kind of terrifying. Yeah, I could see Skarsgård. You know who it. would work? Viggo Mortensen. Is he blonde? He is naturally a blonde, yes. Oh, I guess that could work. Andrew stopped outside the school. He was admiring the chaos. And he called over superintendent and his ultimate nemesis, 32-year-old Emery Huck. I've totally massacred his name, but it doesn't matter. What's Emery? Emery Huck. Emery Huck. They had a contentious relationship because Emery had become the new school treasurer and he'd survived the initial blast. And he was actually helping rescue children from the rubble. He's been through the works as old Emery. I like how Andrew, you know, blows up his house, blows up the school, and it's just driving around, you know, Having checking out what's life. going on, you know, relishing the chaos, talking to people. Like, hey, Emery, no. fuck you. <laughs> You'll maybe see why With in a little gold bit. grill. Andrew, at this point, had withdrawn his rifle, and Emery had seen this, and he made an attempt to stop him from shooting. But he failed. Andrew basically turned the gun. He fired at the dynamite inside his truck, which immediately detonated, causing the deaths of Andrew, Emery, uh, Nelson McFarren, who was a retired farmer who was also helping rescue children, and Cleo Clayton, an eight-year-old second grader who had survived the first blast. He had wandered out of the school building, and he was killed by fragmentation from the exploding vehicle. So right, wrong place, wrong time for little Cleo here. But old Cleo never was a lucky child. Wasn't, <laughs> it, wasn't. It, was, it wasn't born too smart. And just <laughs> never lucky. Yeah, just Little never had C-C. luck on his side. With this act, Kehoe goes down in history as the world's first car suicide bomber. He's got a lot of records here. I mean he's the wor- oh, ver- yeah. world's first car suicide bomber. Probably the deadliest like school massacre. In U.S. history. It is the deadliest. I don't think anyone has a, a, a body count that high. They don't. The truck ex- explosion, it spread debris over a large area. All that's left of the truck, when you look at pictures, is the back right wheel, and it caused extensive damage to cars that were parked half a block away with the roofs catching fire from the burning gasoline. This explosion, it injured plenty, and even mortally wounded poor Posty, Glenn, who's, uh, Glenn O'Smith, he lost a leg to the debris that was falling, and he bled out on the street before making it to the hospital. The poor postman. Guy. I love the fact that Just the town's exploding, but Glenn's like, I've got to get the mail delivered. I've got to <laughs> no. get the mail delivered. That's how it is in the Pony Express. Before the day was done, hundreds of people had joined the rescue effort. The town hall had become a morgue. Some families lost multiple children. Among the survivors, dozens were left with horrific wounds. The day after the Bath School disaster, a sign was discovered on a fence at the remains of Kehoe's farm. It read, criminals are made, not born. The Ooh. phrase might be attributed to a Ravachol, who was the cult hero of French anarchists in the later 19th century. Ravachol had used explosives to destroy the homes of a judge and a prosecutor, but no one, let alone 38 children, had been killed in his anarchist attempts. He, uh, Ravishol actually lived in abject poverty his whole life, unlike Andrew. And in fact, Ravishol would have been admir- would have been admirable of the township's attempt to tax the rich, to build a better school. That's what anarchists want. Well, did Ravishol have a gold grill? 
I doubt no, it. No, he couldn't afford one. I, I think he barely had teeth. <laughs> he lived in his French poverty. We also don't know how book smart Andrew actually was. Chances are that he stole the phrase from one of the pulp presses of the day, Mystery Magazine, which utilized the phrase and the title of its 1923 short story. So I'm saying 1923 because this whole incident, the worst school massacre in US history, this whole craziness happened in 1927. And the Bath School disaster was not the first attack on a school in Michigan. In nearby Ovid, a fire burned a school to the ground on March the 5th, 1925, but no one died. Michiganders were killing kids way back in the early days. You guys started the trend. Maybe this news spread a fire inside Andrew Kehoe. His preparations for the bombings, they were meticulous, they were very thorough, and they lasted about 18 months. Near the site where the school once stood, it's, it was partly rebuilt, but it was eventually torn down in 1975. Nowadays, a simple park exists um, and it has a monument honoring the dead, which is more than like a lot of places get. And it's got a cupola from, that was on, once on top of the school. Did they ever do anything in Sandy Hook? Is there like a plaque or something with the kids' names? I don't know, actually. But for these oldie time crimes, they usually just try and be like, let's, let's not mention it. The people. Yeah, well, they kind of overlook it, especially as the years go by. You know, people just tend to forget. I never heard about. I never heard about this in Michigan. Yeah, which is crazy. You think you would have? Yeah, I mean, like Michigan, like folklore, like John List. Well, I mean, it happened like I don't know, like what, sixty years before I lived there, seventy years before I lived there. This brings us nearly 100 years later to two doomsday bringers in Littleton, Colorado. Both Eric and Dylan had planned their attack on Columbine High School, which was also based on a series of grudges that Eric mainly had for whatever reason. They actually had a hit list of students as staff members that were found in their fucking journals before their deaths. uh, And they've been planning for about 18 months as well. Were they were they bullied? Or made fun of or something? No. Like, why? Because they look like kind of badass. They look like, uh, you know, like uh, metal, like Dylan? Hessians or Goths or something. Yeah, they're black Dylan trench Cleveland coats and all that. Badass. I don't. I mean, compared no. to all the dumbasses in high school, they look like, you know, wow, that kid looks insane. Probably not going to fuck with him. It, it depends who you listen to. People say that they weren't really bullied. But again, being bullied is in the eyes of the, the bullied, isn't it? You can say that. Some but were they like, oh, incels? Like were they upset that they weren't getting laid? They did both divergence, yes. So they might, so it might have been like an, you know, an incel kind of thing as well. Yeah, I think it's an ego trip. Um, the main parallel between these two is that Columbine wasn't actually a school shooting; it was a failed bombing, just like how the Bath School massacre is a failed bombing. Eric and Dylan had set up bombs not including the ones in Harris's Honda and Klebold's BMW. They both parked these in the school's west lot. They were loaded for huge explosions, and each was strategically located approximately 45 degrees from the south entrance of the high school. So their plan was they could shoot at fleeing students without endangering each other. They planned this. I mean, I don't know if, if you could consider the Bath School Massacre a failed bombing. If his second bomb had gone off, everyone inside that school would have died. Well, and then he's he would, still... his plan, I reckon, was to go there and shoot everyone that, re- that was trying to help. He still took out a lot of kids. I, I would say it's... his body count was pretty high. No one's beaten it yet. 
I would say it's. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's failed. I just wouldn't it's, say you know it was entirely successful as planned. Okay, well, Columbine was definitely a failed bombing. Yeah, I think they. I, I don't think they were planning on just going in there and shooting everybody. I think they're planning. No, to they weren't at school. all. Yeah. Uh, they also had to, these bombs. They had time to go off. Uh, that they had put inside their cars in Columbine. They timed them to go off when the parking lot was hopefully going to be filled with emergency personnel. They were going for the huge high body count. The two bombs that were hidden in large duffel bags and they had placed them near the tables where the jocks ate lunch. Each bomb was a 20 gallon propane tank wired to a one gallon can of gasoline that was attached to a detonator. And that timer was set off to go at 11.17 a.m when the cafeteria was at its busiest. By 11.19 a.m., nothing had happened. The bombs did not explode. No ball of fire ripped through the cafeteria windows. There was no dismembered body parts falling through the sky. And it wasn't because they were first timers at building bombs, like Andrew Kehoe, both were expert bomb makers at this point. It was because the detonators that they had purchased for the bombs were defective. And that's why their bombing failed. But that's similar to Kehoe. His uh, second bomb was defective. The battery was yeah. defective. Yeah. The you always disaster. have to test it. That's the thing. Best laid plans, people. Well, you Gotta can't test, test it out. You can't test it because then it's, it's gone. It's gone kaboom. You have to buy more. You got to hope I suppose. and pray. The Bath School disaster contradicts the misconception that school mass shootings are a modern phenomenon, like we were saying. Point being, nothing changes. History is doomed to repeat. The news cycle will offer up some, like, fucking superlatives like they always do. The Bath School bombing received national news coverage, but it was quickly overshadowed by Michigan native Charles Lindbergh's famous nonstop transatlantic flight. Columbine was front page news for about a month before it dropped off the news cycle. Bath is a forgotten footnote to other school shootings and massacres. It's now become just of one of many. But D, I have a plan. I have a plan that will stop all the mass shootings, all the spree killers and shoot, and in school and in public in America. Do you want to know what my plan is? <laughs> I think I already know. You got to give everyone guns. <laughs> give babies guns. Give them Tech Nines. Give them AK 47s. Let them have bullets for birthdays, D. Let them shoot into the air every time their favorite football team makes a play. Let them sleep with their pistols locked and loaded. Because this is America. You know what America means, D? It means freedom. Freedom to shoot your fucking guns whenever you want. Yeehaw. Give everyone a gun. I want a gun. You know, I think you'll fit in quite well in this country because you're basically echoing Laura Boebert. <laughs> you know who that it's is? All She's guns. A- Oh, is Republican. She the one who makes her children. Yeah, opposed to guns. That, that actually, party. right there, that sentiment is is what Republicans, like, well, far right Republicans and insane Republicans like her have been saying. It's like arm everyone, every teacher, every old person, everybody should have a gun. You know, especially it's like, babies. Well, babies. even like you know, lower the age so people can get it when they're like fifteen or sixteen. This is like this is a Republican talking point, not like a normal Republican. I'm talking about like the crazy whacked ones. The, yeah. They're that's exactly what they're saying. So I mean, I know you're kind of taking the piss with it, but it's true though. I mean, this is how it is in this country. This is how whacked it is in this country. That people are like, yeah, you got to arm, you know, fucking eighth graders. You got to arm school teachers. You got to arm, you know, clergy. It's like everybody needs to have guns because that's what's going to stop mass shootings. Not that I would ever wish harm upon a child, but I has, wish harm upon Laura Bobert. 
I was about to say, have have any of these whacked out Republicans who want the gun like uh, laws changed to make it younger? Have any of them lost a child to like a mass shooting? Because I'd be very intrigued to what? see if if their opinion changed after their child was brutally murdered in a horrific way. Well, look you at know? Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, mocking that kid in Florida who's uh, yeah. who survived the school shooting. No, they, they don't care about it. They, they just it happens they to trump at the them, Second though. Amendment. I, I still actually, I think they're so warped, I don't think they'd care about it. Um, but, you know, to be honest here, I think the takeaway from the story of Andrew Kehoe, the real takeaway, is if you want an impressive body count, don't use fucking guns. Use explosives. Use That's a combination what you need of to both. Do. You're... I think Eric and Dylan had a great plan and had it have worked, we'd all like Columbine's already talked about all the fucking time. People are experts on Columbine. But had that actually worked, like holy shit, can you imagine? No one would ever be able to top their body count. But look at the uh, Oklahoma bombing. Timothy McVeigh, he had like those fertilizer bombs. I'm surprised Kehoe didn't do that. He's a farmer. This was well, well actually what he was doing, the pyrotol, that was used in World War One. That's how strong it was. Well, it was, it was also, probably as strong as fertilizer. But, but like I mean, he had thing. fertilizer, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. But that, that's what I'm saying. It's like these kids, you know, these teens that are going in there and like bringing like a couple handguns, a semi-automatic rifle. It's like, dude, you're only going to take out maybe like 24th graders before someone tackles you. Just <laughs> fucking rig the school up with bombs, like fertilizer bombs. You're going to blow up the whole fucking thing. You're going to take out at least 50 kids. We're gonna get canceled because you're t- you're telling teens to rig up schools and bombs. But, but my point schools though, the, the point I'm trying to make is, why shoot up an elementary school? Why? No, if you're gonna go shoot something up, shoot up a convalescent home, because you know it's sad. Yeah. It's sure it's sad that the elderly are going to be violently slaughtered, but you're probably doing them and their families a favor if you think about it. This is burdens. 2000. Yeah. They're burdens. Yeah. So it's like, sure. And they probably don't even want to live in those homes. So go take yeah. out a bunch of old people. You know, it's almost a form of population control if you think about it. Oh, we're getting into like Logan's Run territory now, sponsored by D. Simon. This is like Death Race meets Logan's Run. And you know what? I'm kind of down for it. Can we have babies with guns there? I mean, you can. I'm just saying it's like, go, go. Right. You know, shoot up an old people's home because it's like they're kind of a waste of space anyway. You know, it's oh, like, but the media wouldn't report on that. The media only reports when it's true. Which means, well, it depends on how many you take out. But I guess True. my point is just don't shoot up an elementary school. At least give these kids a chance, you know, to grow up to be mass murderers. You know, they <laughs> yeah. should, they deserve a shot. No pun intended. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> People, it's episode 847 here, Sick and Wrong. Got some uh, phone calls coming up next. 323 522 4032 is that number. Uh, But first, let's play this quick message. It's Butt Plug Month on AdamandEve.com. Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by something new, I mean a butt plug. Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. So we got a few phone calls to get to. 323-522-4032. Um, you can also email us, sickandwrongpodcast at uh, gmail.com. So uh, this first call here is from Stuart. He calls nice. in about the Ukrainian war. 
which everyone seems to have kind of like forgotten about. Like it's been going on oh, so still, long. It, it's still it's going, still but yeah, still, you know, in the background, like all things, the media. It, it's just kind of in the background now because we're focusing on other things. Yeah, like, like uh, the Johnny, Johnny Depp, Amber, Amber Heard that's, divorce. That's now that's news. <laughs> Hi guys, Stuart here, just calling in about the Ukraine situation. I remembered an episode back in the time of the whole Crimean crisis. It was episode 425 where Dee and Lance discussed the situation. Dee was a big fan of Putin back then. <laughs> Some of these quotes were, I'm loving this whole Ukraine crisis. Or, good job on Crimea, go get the rest of the Ukraine. He went on a whole rambling about it would make for some great movies because Russians are the only true villains. Bring back the USSR and Red Fear, he said. <laughs> but he didn't think Putin was aiming to bring back the old-style USSR, as I didn't think so either. How... <laughs> well, haven't you changed that. your tune, D. Simon, and don't I sound like you from 10 years ago? That was a long time ago. But I think my point was... Uh... We just had like lame movies about like some random Arabic, you know, uh, a terrorist I organization. I just kind of longed for the days that we had a real nemesis. We had like Gorbachev and the USSR, and we had all these cool movies like Red October and Red Dawn and all this stuff. I, I was hoping that would come back with Putin being at the helm, you know? And it kind I of agree. is. Yeah. I, cause that, the thing I hate as well, I hate when Cockneys are either the protagonist or the villain in a film. I just think it's so fucking lazy. It's Do you know trite. how many, like, it's so trite. How, yeah, how many fucking British accents there are? Like, make a Scottish person the fucking villain. That's way more intense. Or make a Scottish person the protagonist. I'm just so sick of the Cockneys just being in fucking films. Stop it now. She's Bring talking to you, emotions. Guy Ritchie. All right? <laughs> yes, Guy. <laughs> <laughs> But one thing I don't agree with, Dee, is that uh, Russians aren't the true villains. The only true villains are simply the Nazis. I'm sure Kate will agree with me there. <laughs> so that's all from me, guys. That's <laughs> Stuart out. Yeah, right. <laughs> Kate, get, I don't know about Stuart. You're, I mean, you're a, a, a Patreon, a patron supporter. But if you go on there, I think she was listing the Nazis that she'd have sex with on uh, this week's second show. I have a top five of sexiest Nazis. Yeah, I mean, there's some of them that are just devilishly good looking in looks and personality. Yeah, Otto see, she doesn't think they're the villains, favorite. believe me. They're sex objects. <laughs> so she we'll objectifies those Nazis, all right? Yeah. I find, it, I find it kind of horrific, to be honest. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, Putin's really turned into quite the villain. You know, now, I think, it, I think what I was longing for you know, 400 episodes again is actually coming to fruition now because I think he's becoming this, like, dictator that he always was. Well, he's always been a fascist leader. What I like is, like, just how the media takes things and, like, stirs everyone up and everyone gets so, like, into a tizzy and a hizzy about it. It's like, he could drop nuclear bombs. It's like, bitch, please. If he drops a nuclear bomb on the Ukraine, where's the fallout going to go into his country? He's never going to drop a nuclear bomb. But for a week, everyone's like, shit, the Cold War's happening again. It's like, no. Well, didn't no. the Ukraine give their nuclear weapons to Russia? I think, yeah, that was in the, uh, was that during the like last in the 90s? peace agreements they had? Where, oh, yeah, well, they've signed the treaty saying they'll never drop a nuclear bomb, which, you know, Russia's there going, 
Yeah, we will never drop bombs. <laughs> you know, I, um, when I was at Monster Palooza this past week in Pasadena, there was like this ultra lifelike statue of Zelensky that I posed. I'll post it on the site, but I posed next to him. Me, me and Joe actually were like, I thought it was like a real dude. I didn't recognize it as Zelensky at first. I just thought it was a dude that was standing there. But when I got close to it, I'm like, holy shit. Someone made this like lifelike statue of Zelensky that you could pose with. Nice. Coming soon to a London dungeon near you. I'm actually really wondering, though, like, are they going to caption that guy? Or what's going to happen with that dude? Or is he going to emerge victorious as the hero that won the war? Or cause a stalemate? So there's been rumors of, like, a new face-off film. And I think the new face-off should be, like, um, let's say John Travolta as Putin. Because John Travolta's tiny. And Nick Cage as Zelensky. As Zelensky? Yeah, I can I can kind of see that. What about Tom Cruise as uh, Putin? He's short. His teeth are too white. He is he is white. Well, speaking of Tom Cruise, um, got a call here about the the movie Top Gun. Oh. Hi D. Hi Kate. It's your fake hey. mom here. Um, I'm phoning because I'm suffering from a bit of PTSD. I've got to go and watch the film Maverick with my sister. I've promised to go, and I know I like it when I get there. But it brings back memories of when I was about 15, and we went to the cinema to watch Top Gun. And it was in the days when you used to be able to smoke in the cinema. So off we tootled to the cinema, sat down a crowded cinema, or from my recollection, it was crowded around where I was, and behind us, there were some boys who were um, burning our hair to get our attention and try and interact with us. So we're messing around with... Oh, now that's a weird way to woo a chick. Like no, burn her total... hair. Yeah, it's schoolboy antics. Do you not know about, like, um, if you were sat in the chair behind the girl? This is, like, really old school, like, school shit. You would dip her plaits in your inkwell. Oh, no, yeah, that's old school. But I, I, I didn't know, like, dudes just, like, lit their hair on fire. Yeah, and then you turn around and be like, stop it. You couldn't stop do that in the U.S. It's all like fucking Aquanet. That's how they got those like claws. That, you know, yeah, it's like, like the whole thing Michael... would go up like Michael Jackson. I was about to say, like with Michael Jackson's head was on fire. Um, we're trying to watch the movie. And next thing, I became aware that there was a bit of jigging against my knee. And I looked over and it was um, an old man that was sat next to me in the other seat that had not... Wait a second. Explain this term to me. Is this some kind of like English term, jigging? Is he wanking? Must be. Like, you know, jigging, like, yeah, he's like jigging her knee, like with his knee, maybe. Jigging? Like, when are you rubbing his knee against her knee? I think so, yeah. Or he's fastly moving his leg against hers. I've Have never you ever been jigged? jigged? I, probably. I've never heard the term jigged. It oh, okay. That's, so that's not really a... racist. <laughs> it does kind of sound very racist. <laughs> yeah. I never heard that term either. Noticed. Anyway, I kept fe- feeling this sort of sensation of jigging next to me, just on my knee. So I looked over again. Wait, is she saying jizzing or jigging? I think it's going to end in jizzing at this <laughs> point. <laughs> and he was having a wank. And I was so young and so naive and so stupid 
Wait, was it during the volleyball scene? Is he wanking to Tom Cruise or is he wanking to my fake mom? That's what I want to know. Or is he wanking to Val Kilmer? Because Val Kilmer is very attractive. Well, that's what I'm saying. Remember the volleyball scene? Uh, I've only seen Top Gun like once very when I was like getting drunk. It's one of know. like the gayest, like homoerotic scenes in cinema. It's like all the dudes like Val Kilmer, time, they all take their shirts off. We're going to play beach volleyball. Like and, I okay. know my brother's wanked to that for sure. Yeah, He said he right. did. But so that's why I'm wondering what's happening. Is the guy wanking to the volleyball scene or is he wanking because he's sitting next to like a teenage girl? Maybe a combination of both. Pervert. Instead of standing up and going, you dirty bastard, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I just pretended I hadn't noticed. And oh. in my mind, I was half thinking, oh, I don't want my sister to see that because she was only about 13. Although, to be fair, she'd already lost her virginity behind the wow. recreation centre. That's impressive. At a police disco, so I probably didn't have much to worry about, but hey-ho. Anyway. Um... Did she finish him off? <laughs> that's it. You know what? That's a classic losing your virginity story in Britain. Behind the rec centre after a school disco. What's the way the rec centre is like a boys and girls a rec- club or something? Yeah, like a recreational center. What goes out. on there? Is like an arcade? No, it's usually just a fucking big hallway and there'll be like events there. It's like a village oh. hallway. Oh, wait, so the dance or high school dance was at the rec center. Yeah, there'd been like a disco and then after that she was like, fuck it, around the back, come on. That I mean, we've all been there. Well, did you lose your virginity behind the offie? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I've definitely had sex behind an offie or two. <laughs> The other bit of me was thinking, oh, my God, they're burning my hair. They're burning my hair. So I'm, like, getting annoyed with the boys, getting embarrassed by the man next to me and worried for my sister. And I actually felt really sorry for him. And I remember the thought going through my head, does he know that I can see that? Anyway, that's it. That was my experience of Top Gun. Um, I can't even remember. Well, he had a Top Gun. Hey! Um, I'm, so wait, wait, wait. Fake mom, I want to know here. Did, was he doing the wanking with the hand inside the pants or did he have like his tube stick like sticking out of his pants? Like, Could you see his dick? Yeah, that's what I want to know. And was he watching the screen or was he like just looking at you? Yeah, was he staring at you and rubbing his knees against your legs or was his knee rubbing against your legs because he was jerking off furiously to the volleyball scene in Top Gun? Did he finish on top of the popcorn and then offer you his salty popcorn? Or did he finish his <laughs> Extra he butter. <laughs> if I managed to watch the volleyball scene, because that would have made it all all right if I had off. But um, I can't remember if I was too distracted the first time I watched it. Anyway, I've got to go and see Maverick, and I'm really worried about it, so I thought I'd tell you why. Um, anyway, that's the end of my story, and I've said anyway about a thousand times, so I'll just go now without saying <laughs> anyway again. Hope you're okay. Um, go, Johnny. Johnny's had his mega pint of wine now. I'll speak to you soon. Love ya. I think your fake mum's having a mega pint of wine. I can love my fake mum. What a great story. Are you going to see that movie? Actually, before no. I get to that, Fake Mom, what did you think of the uh, Maverick movie? What were your thoughts on it? And did an old man wank next to you again? Because that would I be think she weird. Went, 
I think she went with her husband, so I think she probably requested that her husband. She was probably like, "Oh, he was the one wanking." Yeah, let's recreate (laughs) it. Get it? Go on. Are you gonna go see the movie Maverick? Of course, I'm not. (laughs) Did you ever see Top Gun? Not. I've not even seen like the first Top Gun. Why would I care to see Tom? I also make a point to never support Tom Cruise movies because I don't want any of my money going towards anything Scientology funded. So I just like, I stay away from Tom Cruise. Yeah, I know. I have like zero interest in seeing that movie too. I didn't even like the first one. I thought it was boring. I remember I saw it as a kid and I just was like, this is just kind of boring compared to all the other action. Like there were way better action movies out at that time than fucking Top Gun. The only thing I like about Top Gun and I tell everyone this fact whenever I talk about Top Gun. So Val Kilmer's Iceman character is based on the guitarist in one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time. He's based on a guy called Dennis Tech from Radio Birdman. Is he? Brought rock and, yeah, he brought rock and roll to Australia. Dennis Tech is a guitarist at night, but during the daytime, he's a fucking paramedic fighter pilot. And that's who Iceman is based on, Dennis Tech. Oh, that actually gives me a newfound respect for them. I wonder how they knew who Dennis Tech was. I, can't, like the I do know the story, him? but I don't. I've not heard the story in a long time. But did I know did it. Dennis Tech, when he was a fighter pilot, look like the Iceman? Yeah, Dennis Tech's a handsome man. Kind of got blondie, kind of ice cold hair, greeny, gr- turquoisey colored eyes. And Dennis Tech is from Michigan originally, but then his parents moved into Australia, and he kept going back and forth. And he followed Ron Ashton, learned how to play guitar through Ron Ashton, took that to Australia, and. God gave rock and roll to no, amazing, them. amazing band, uh, Radio Birdman and The Visitors. I really like The Visitors. There's a side project he had. Um, awesome. You know, the one thing I am interested in seeing about Maverick is they had Val Kilmer's in it. And, you know, Val Kilmer had throat cancer. Like he's kind of he's kind of fucked. Yeah, he still has. It. He's kind of fucked looking these days. So they use some kind of A.I. to emulate his voice. That's terrifying. I know. <laughs> I, you know, I was talking to uh, this guy I work with, and uh, he went and saw it on his birthday with like his wife and his kid. And he's like, they wanted to see it, and I was like, whatever. He's an older dude, but he was yeah. telling me he's like, yeah. He goes, it was really just kind of surreal. Like the boy, he goes, you couldn't really tell because they they did it so. However, they did it. I don't know the technology that they used, but it it really emulated Val Kilmer's voice. You know, kind of as if like it's aged, but it was the same voice from you know. 30 years ago or whatever. Why didn't they just write it into his character and be like, because he's the Iceman. He's so cool. He's lost his voice. Why didn't they just write it? Wouldn't that be fucking easier and save money? Yeah, You know, I almost want to say in the movie, the character had like cancer or something. Oh, what would even be better? Because Val Kilmer's son, who's also an actor slash model and is gorgeous because he plays um, uh, dead in the Lords of Chaos movie. That's Val Kilmer's son. Oh, that's Val Kilmer. Wow, I didn't know that. It looks just like him. When it, when you look at pictures, you're like, of course that's Val Kilmerson. Why didn't they just have it where the Iceman died, but in his legacy is his son? And that would have been a better movie. I can write Kate Maverick. Rambo should have written uh, Maverick. I fucking should have written it and sold it to that Scientologist cunt. You would have had them all wearing Nazi uniforms, like wanking each other off or something. Has Tom Cruise ever done a period, like a historical piece, like a war yeah. piece? You ever see Far and like Away? World War Two. Uh, I don't know. Far and Away was like based in Ireland, like the potato famine or something. Oh, I don't want to watch that. Is that you the film you met? 
Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman's in it. I just remember we had to watch it in high school, and he's like, the worst Irish accent you've ever heard. He's just like, this Latin is mine. <laughs> it was so bad. I, mean, I, I don't know. I'm not a huge Tom Cruise fan. Lep in the hood, and I'm up to no good. <laughs> this Latin is mine. Um, <laughs> the other thing I asked uh, that my coworker about that movie, and I don't know if it's a spoiler alert or anything, but I was like, so who's the villain? Because like in, in the 80s, you had the Soviet Union, so you had, like, it could just be a Russian airplane or whatever that they're fighting against, and that's just kind of how it was because we had Nemesis. But now, you know, it's just kind of, like, ambiguous who you're, who it's going to be. And he was just like, yeah, he goes, that was one of my biggest criticisms. It's just, like, ambiguous, evil group of people. Because they don't they, want to upset anyone. They don't want to upset China because they can't do China because then if China. that movie wasn't it's a huge market, so you yeah. can't do that. Um, you don't want to upset the the Russians too much. Also, another huge market. So they they gotta have to be like nondescript brown people, sort of. You know who I would have made the enemy? The Jews. In the no, in the other plane. No, because it's not a World War Two piece, is it? The you would have made Jews now. Like it would have been. I like, would have had. I could see it, like baby, Jerry Seinfeld flying a p- fighter pilot. A baby with a Tech Nine flying that plane. Give the babies guns. A Jewish baby with like frizzy hair and a big nose. And a little star David on it. Oh, hey, it goes Jewish. so fast, this thing. What do you call <laughs> this, it? This plane, plane is for cactus. <laughs> I'm not going to go see that movie. I mean, no. I, know, I guess if it's on TV in a decade from now, I might, I might watch a little bit of it. The only film I'm going to go and see recently, and I will probably be there opening weekend, very stoned, is the new Jurassic Park. That's the only one. I'll that one looks, that one looks cool. What if Tom Cruise is in it? I would have to not go see it because I do not support Scientology. Well, I hate to burst your bubble here, but he plays one of the Velociraptors. That doesn't surprise me because they're <laughs> annoying little cunts. <laughs> um, people call the Sacred Hotline 323 522 4032. Got one email to get to, and then uh, we've got to wrap this, this thing up. Uh, Tim who's the guy that just signed up on the Patreon. Thanks, he Tim. wrote to us. Thank you, Tim. He said, I have a thought experiment for you both. And you know, I'm just thinking about this, Tim, because Tim's a longtime listener. Had I actually put any real preparation into this show, um, I would have got the old thought experiment music back oh, did up. did you used to do this? Yeah, we had this. Uh, it was kind of like, let me see if I can find it. Um, I think I used to use Wackerly's uh, Wackerly's voice, but I made the theme song, and it was it was based on this. It was like, let's see if you can hear this. You won't recognize it. Logan's Run. No, Airwolf. Oh yeah, that was before my time. Sick and wrong thought experiment. Anyway. <laughs> He says, uh, I have a quick thought experiment for you both. What do you find? What do you find more confronting? The guy that never had a mustache before suddenly shows up with one, or the guy that always had one finally shaves it off. In either case, I feel both people try to pretend that's not that big of a deal. Be safe, Tim. So what do you think, Kate? What's I more confronting? I think, um, I know it from experience, that somebody who's had an established mustache and then they shave it off and you see them, you're like, my God. But I actually think what would be more terrifying now is if somebody shows up with a mustache 
but it's not their mustache and it's on their face. Who, wait, they, they took someone else's mustache like, and like glued yeah, it? Yeah, they scalped it off someone's upper lip and they've just like got it stuck to their lip with some latex glue. How often that th- does that ever happen? That, that should have happened in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre film by now. What, they cut off someone's, like, did they cut off their lips in their mustache or just, no, they just, just the shaved mustache. off the mustache? Like the, the skin with the mustache and they just put it on the lip and walk around like nothing's fucking happened. The happiest Larry with the mustache. The like odds the mustache. of that happening are so slim. I don't think that would ever happen. It could happen because I just thought of it. So it's definitely happened. If you think of something, it's happened at least once in history. Have you ever had a mustache? I think you would suit a John Waters kind of pencil. Like you know, I can't really mustache. grow facial hair very well. It's very patchy. Yeah. I have, a, I have grown a mustache before, like a really thin one. But I'm, I mean, yeah, you I'm would not suit that good that. with it. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of mustaches. On the right person, a mustache is just fabulous. Tom Selleck. Fabulous. Imagine Tom Selleck without his mustache. You'd be jarred, wouldn't you? You'd be like Sam Elliott. Oh my God, he is more mustache than man. Burt Reynolds. Uh, also more mustache than man. George Costanza. I'm struggling. To... <laughs> Who is George Costanza? He's before uh, my Jason time. Alexander. That's what I meant. Who's Jason Alexander? You're from uh, from Seinfeld, the bald guy. Oh, I didn't. Oh, oh, George, George from Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, he's one of those. I don't agree when you're bald that you suddenly get facial hair because all it looks like is that the hair on top of your head like has now migrated down yeah. your face. I think if you're rocking a bald head, you should go for the bald look and just be smooth like a dolphin. You shouldn't, like, just try and make up for your lack of hair with hair in other places. Just let it go. Let it go. I don't what know. What do I, you I... think? I find it more confronting when you get the guy that shaves it off and just shows up. And it's just like, I don't have a mustache anymore. You know, no more clit tickler. And you're just like, whatever. Because they always grow it back. Same with beardos. Like the beardos show up and it's like, oh, I shaved it off. And it's just like, surprise. And everyone in the office is like, oh my God, you look so much younger. And then like, you know, Two a few weeks, weeks later, later, it's back again. And the whole cycle keeps repeating. I'm just like, quit, quit being a quitter. Quitters never win. You know, you know I like about a mustache in. is you've got to you've got to keep a mustache like a beard. Beards are disgusting. You grow a beard and they're just minging. Food falls That's in them. Disgusting. Like, got the texture of pubes. Disgusting. But a mustache is fancy, and you can have so many different variations of mustache. Yeah, but I hate the hipster cash. mustache with the curls and all the shit that they do with it. Some men really suit that, you know. Ugh. God. And a lot of those guys that do those like really fancy mustaches are also like the dudes that, you know, cosplay in period, you know, like period uh, events. Like, exactly. I'm a dapper guy and I go to a dapper day at Disneyland in my you know, three piece suit from the 1930s. I'm dapper danning it today. Ugh. I'm thinking that those guys are also the same guys that go on holiday to Oktoberfest. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I just find it annoying. But I do find it annoying with just this endless cycle of like, I got facial hair now, and then I shave it off, and everyone's surprised. And I think they want to experience the surprise. Like, we're supposed to be... I ignore it completely. It's like, I don't give a shit about your facial hair. I don't give a shit if you have it or if you don't have it. I really don't care. It sounds like you're jealous because you can't grow it. So you don't know the joy of when you shave it off and people give you that reaction. I want to know, Tim... What do you think? Do you have do you have a mustache? Do you have a mustache? Are you a mustache writer? That's what I want to know. 
<laughs> um, people check out the second show on Patreon. We do a whole second show. It's like a whole other show. It's it's a completely yes, different do. beast than the main show. It's a lot less structured. It's like free form radio. Kate gets a bit wild. She gets, she starts wilding. I have to calm Sometimes her down. Drunk. Knocking yes. back the wine coolers. I mean, you, last night when we were recording, you probably had like twelve. I was like, slow down, Missy. I'm lying. You're a liar. And I'm a lying because this week uh, we're we were discussing, amongst other things, Kate's new health kick, which I find very disconcerting well, because it's not going to last long because I'm going to be out there in about a month. And you're gonna be I know I have down. a month to like lose some weight so that I can then put it all back on. I also talk about going to Monster Palooza with JoJo this weekend. It's a big horror film convention in Pasadena. It's kind of fun. It's a good time. I love going to it. Don't need to go every year, but every other year, I think it's kind of a good time. Um, Had a drunken return to the Magic Kingdom with an even drunker driver. (laughs) She was the driver, the designated driver, and she was drunker than both me and Joe. Even Joe was concerned. We were like, is this going to be okay? Are we going to be fine driving back from Anaheim? Um, And then we also talk about the scandalous downfall of two D&D celebrities, two Dungeons & Dragons celebrities. You might have heard of them. Um, but, um, yeah, Kate, Kate admires both, and she's quite shocked at the, uh, the downfall, the scandal that's enveloping Again. right now. You're a liar and a cad, <laughs> and there is so much evil cackling from us about the downfall <laughs> of these two celebrities. I know, I'm it, using it's, the term celebrity very loosely here. It's, it's the schadenfreude. It's, it's such yeah. schadenfreude experiencing this. I do enjoy it. Anyway, go check out Second Show. It's only five bucks a month, dude. It's not even that expensive. And for a few bucks more, you can check out our mini-sode, the Sick and Wrong mini-sode, Overkill. Uh, this week, Kate gets into the story of uh, Sunny, professional wrestler, and her recent shenanigans, which are uh, flagrant, to say the she's least. She's a very, very naughty girl. But she's one of the most important female wrestlers of all time that people forget about. Does she have an elongated clitoris like uh, China? No, because Sunny, what's funny about Sunny um, for being one of the most important female wrestlers of all time, I think she's probably only defended herself in the ring maybe twice. She's not actually a wrestler. She's a valet, a manager. Oh, she's a manager. So she's not a real wrestler. No, she's a real wrestler. She's in the fucking Hall of Fame, baby. Yeah, but her clit's normal sized. Her clit is normal sized and back in the day, back in the day, you were either a sunny man or you're a sable man. Now I was a sable man, but I can see why the boys like sunny. Hmm. Well, you'll have to listen to Overkill to find out. Also at that level, you get access to our Sick and Wrong archives, which I recently converted to SoundCloud playlists. The first 10 years of Sick and Wrong available on SoundCloud, also on, uh, on the site as well. Uh, just sign up for Patreon, patreon.com slash sick and wrong. We do appreciate the support. Also, uh, got some t-shirts. There's a big sale going on at the Public Store, as usual. Um, got some new designs. Got the, the really popular Bish shirt. I'm sure Bish. that's very popular during Gay Pride Month. You just wear your Bish shirt. Um, get some ass. Uh, the new Stinkor design which uh, is also a big seller. Actually, it's not. I think only two people bought a Stinkor design. But the Stinkor design, I think, is kind of cool. I only really did it so I can get one for JoJo. Yeah, it's for, in honor of JoJo and his 
salacious story. And then the Make Abortion Great Again t-shirt, which I'm buying for my nephew, Ozzy. Because I think it'd be hilarious to get it in a toddler size for my kid, yes. like that collar. That called me. Yeah, I want to know if that collar actually ended up getting one for his kid. Um, just stick around podcast.com slash shop. You click on the picture of the Pope, you go right to the Tea Public store. Uh, finally, here's Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. This is very topical. It's apropos for the subject of uh, this week's show. Uh, the band New York, or not New York, NY Loose. I guess it probably stands for New York, but it's NY Loose. It does is, stand uh, for New York. Yeah, but it's NY Loose is the name of this uh, rock and roll band. Uh, we're going to end the show with a song called Detonator. Um, it's off their uh, 1996 record, Year of the Rat. Kate Rambo, were you a big NY Loose fan? Oh, man, yeah. When I was like um, 15 and 16 and I was balls deep into Riot Girl and Girls Band, NY Loose are always one of my favorites. I th- actually think this is a very underrated record from the 90s. It's a pretty cool song, very rock and roll. She, yeah, they're totally Johnny Funders worship, and that's why I like them. People will be back next week with episode 848. Till then, take it sleazy. <laughs> perverts and weirdos want to meet some other freaks perverts and weirdos then register on the forums at sickandwrongpodcast.com there's listener nudes horrifying videos and lots of stuff that'll have you pouring bleach in your eyes join the swarm at sickandwrongpodcast.com